going to do some fun stuff today. We're going to actually, in about uh, 15 minutes or so, I'm just going to prepare you for this. In 15 minutes or so, we're going to have an opportunity to walk out of this room and cover the hallways of this school in prayer. And so if, that, if you are like, I'm really uncomfortable with that, I'm not sure about that, that's fine. You can stay in here uh, with me and we'll, we'll talk about prayer and we'll interact a little bit together. But that's just kind of what's coming up. So we're finishing up our, our series on the armor of God. And so turn in your Bible, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 6. And while you're doing that, while you're doing that, I just wanted to, uh, to let you know that last year, last year I was kind of spoiled. Last year, my birthday happened to fall right on a Sunday, and we, they, we just made a big deal about it. We had a big church picnic, and we had baptisms. It was awesome. But I'm not even going to mention to you today that my birthday's tomorrow. I'm not even going to tell you that. I don't even want you, I don't even want you, don't even, don't, you don't have, even know that my birthday is tomorrow, and then I like Starbucks, all right? Just don't even, you just didn't hear me say that, all right? But it's going to be exciting that, uh, that we get a chance to spend some time together this morning because I want to finish up this time in, in the book of Ephesians just with one verse, and that is chapter 6, verse 18. So if you have your Bible, turn there. And after we've put on all of the armor, which by the way, uh, Don Fountain, if you're here, this is the last day for our armor guy. We need to take him home. Uh, otherwise, kids in school will start dismantling him, and we don't want that to happen. So Ephesians chapter 6, one verse, we put on the full armor of God. So it's almost like, it's almost like this idea of we've got on, we're ready for battle, we're ready to go, and what should we do before we go? We definitely should pray. Before we go in, before we enter in, we should, we should pray. Now oddly enough, um, when, I, when I dress up in the KC Wolf costume, I always pray before I go out and to, to, to do my um, appearance. And I'm usually stretching at the time, and I'm like, God, please help me not to hurt myself or anyone else for that matter. Because I don't want to step on a little kid or run into somebody because I can't see him very well. And then I'll say, God, um, help me bring uh, joy to people in the room, wherever I'm at. Help me bring a smile to a face. If someone's having a bad day, help me make their day better. And God, please help me bring honor to Dan, the, the main KC Wolf. I want to bring honor to him because I'm representing him. And then I'll, then I'll say something like, God, help me bring glory to you even when I'm not able to speak, but help me bring glory to you. And then God, thank you for letting me make some extra money for my family in such a weird way. I'm honored to do that in Jesus' name. And I go out. So I pray before I go in to that kind of battle. It's a different kind of battle, obviously. But life, life is a fight, right? There's so much stuff going on in our life, and we need to pray before we go in. So look at this verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. And, it, and Paul's finishing up this, uh, this encouragement for them to put on the armor, to get ready to go and stand firm. He says this, and pray in the Spirit or in a sense, by the power of or the leading of the Holy Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And so we're going to look at two different parts of that today real quick before we go out and pray. We're going to look at all kinds of prayers and then all kinds of requests. Okay, so I don't... I don't know how, how you pray or if you have a set way of praying, but I'm going to give you a quick 
way to pray, a, co- a kind of prayer that you can pray. Obviously, the Lord's Prayer is a powerful prayer, and I encourage you to pray that often, um, daily, if you will. That's one of the reasons why we pray it every single Sunday, because it's a powerful prayer, because Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. And so I think that's a pretty powerful thought. So if Jesus says we should do it, that's how we should pray. But this is, I'm going to give you a, uh, an acronym, and some of you have heard this before, but it's from the word ACTS, A-C-T-S, all right? This is a, a quick way to remember a kind of a prayer that you can pray throughout your day. So the A stands for adoration, all right? So you can pray a prayer of adoration or a prayer of worship. If you uh, turn real quickly to the middle of your Bible, the very middle chapter of the Bible is, is Psalm 117. And Psalm 117 is a prayer of adoration. It's a prayer of worship, which is what adoration is. And so we can worship. And the Bible's full of opportunities to pray and to worship the Lord. And Psalm 117 says, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples. For great is his love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Just something simple like that. It's the shortest chapter in the Bible. It's right in the middle and it's a prayer or a pray, it's a, a psalm of worship. And so the first thing you do is you can worship God. You can adore him, praise him, and thank him. It's God, we praise you. We, we look around and we see the, uh, the sunrise. We see the sunset. We see nature. We see our children. We see all kinds of things that cause us to worship him. And that's a way to pray. So that's A. C is a prayer of confession. It's not a place we always, we really want to go, but it's a place we need to go because in confession comes healing and forgiveness and it's a powerful thing. So as soon as I look up and start worshiping the Lord, most of the time, then it reminds me to look down and look at myself and realize I am not as holy as he is and I need some, to confess some things. Powerful passage of scripture in 2 Chronicles Chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their, way, their wicked ways, the Bible says, then I will hear them and I will heal, heal their land. It says, oh, my eyes will be open and my ears will be open to you when you pray a prayer of confession that way. There's something powerful about that. 1 John 1, 9 says that he is, he, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's that if and then principle. If you confess, then he is faithful. And just as a loving father, he's waiting for us to just come clean. He already knows it anyway. He already knows. Just like a parent, we already know. We're just waiting for our kids to come and confess it and be honest about it so that we can deal with it and lavish some love and grace upon them. And then James 5, James 5, you just read James 5, it's full of stuff about prayer. And it says that when we confess our sins one to another, we'll be healed. There's something powerful about confessing our sin to another person and having them pray for you. And the the confession part is hard. I get it. I've struggled with that in my own life. But there's something powerful about when when somebody else comes along and says, Hey, man, I feel you. I know where you're at. I've been there too. And, And let's just pray together about this particular issue. And the Bible says healing comes as a result. And then T. Thanksgiving. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That whole chapter of, uh, of Psalms is just full of, of a history lesson of things we should be thankful for. And every single one of us walk in here this morning. Yeah, we walk in with burdens. Can we just be honest? We walk in with things that we can be grateful for too, right? 
Man, we could just make, we could make a laundry list, right, of all the things that we are grateful for and thankful for. Last night I was, oh, well, I was this morning, it was about 12.30 a.m. I was at the emergency room with a member of our church and uh, this particular individual that was sitting in the emergency room with us, he was a, he was a guy from Joplin. He was here in town uh, going to the sporting KC game and he had hurt himself after the game celebrating a little bit too much and he was in the ER, a great visit to Kansas City, go to the ER, and he was talking about uh, some, some people he had come in contact with, and he said, he said this phrase that I say a lot, he said, yeah, I guess it's, it's really not that big of a, it's kind of a first world problem. And we live in the first world where life is pretty good for us, even on the hardest day. And if we just live in a spirit of thankfulness, there's power in that all throughout Scripture. It's talking about giving thanks. And in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, you know, we don't have to be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we can present our request to God. It just reminds us to be thankful and look out. So you should, this is a homework assignment for you. You should just write out a list of things that you're thankful for. You know, if you do that, it'll actually start making some of the things you're frustrated with not seem so, so powerful or so ominous. Because there are so many things that we should be thankful for. I was listening to this song that happened to come, come across Pandora when I was studying last night. And it's a song by Lauren Daigle. And the song's called First. And the verse goes like this. Before I bring a need, I will bring my heart. And I love that the first three things, A, C, and T, is a sense of us bringing our heart to the Lord before we start with our needs, with our list of things that we need. And, and that's okay. And it's okay to have that list because uh, God is expecting it. <laughs> he knows that there are things that we need and he wants us to come to him. And that's the last letter is S, and that is supplication, which is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. This is kind of the all kinds of requests part of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. So we had all kinds of prayers, and now we're coming to him with all kinds of requests. So on Tuesday morning, I was meeting with the guys at Burger King, and I was like, hey guys, talk, talk to me about, uh, about your prayer life. Like, how do you pray? Like, when do you pray, or what do you pray? And when you, when you do that, I get some pretty good feedback and some differing outlooks when it comes to prayer. So I asked the guys this, these thoughts on prayer, and so... I asked them, like, uh, do you have a set prayer schedule or a routine? Some of you might be real systematic in the things that you pray. Like Dan Mears, uh, who is the KC Wolf, he said, Brady, I pray for you every Tuesday. Every Tuesday you're on my list and I pray for you. He's got a systematic approach of who makes it on the list and how he prays and when he prays. Does prayer, I mean, here's the question, does prayer change the mind of God or does prayer change your mind? Or both. Do you pray out loud? Some of us are very, we freak out with the thought of having to pray out loud. Do you only pray when you have a need? Like you're just cruising along and all, everything is good and then all of a sudden you realize, oh man, something's not going right. Man, I got to call in, I got to call in the prayer warriors. Hey, and I get text messages like, hey Brady, just pray for me. Things are going on right now, I just need you to pray. So it opened up this, this it was really bizarre to, this week in particular. It opened up this huge floodgate of of conversations and prayer requests and prayer type moments, supplications all week long. So I'm going to just give you a quick list 
of some of the supplications, some of the requests that came across this week. And this is just in my life alone. This is not even in all of your lives and all the things that you're experiencing, but this is just my list. I ran into a lady later on that day who, um, who at the YMCA who was hurting from past relationships, and she's bitter and very angry. I had a friend call me about a painful test that he had had to have done, but the results came back favorable. Uh, there's a late uh, Linda who sings right over here. Linda, her prayer request was she has a nephew that was born at 14.8 ounces. His name is Dylan. Cry out on behalf of Dylan this morning because he's still hanging in there, right? He's still, he's still with us. And he's proven the doctors wrong. So pray for Dylan. A young man who is new to our church, really wanted to stand up last week and confess Christ as his Savior, but he just, he just couldn't find the, 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 just the courage to do it. But he later on texted me and said, I, just, I should have stood up, I want to give my life to Jesus. Justin Tyler has a friend whose 16-year-old son's been dealing with depression. and uh, He ran away from home, but he, they, he came back. A young friend of mine's marriage is, is ending. Two different single moms struggling to juggle life on their own. A youth pastor friend of mine had a pretty serious surgery that could have been pretty dangerous and they could have found cancer, but there was no cancer to be found, praise God. A young man that I've known for a long time is contemplating ending his own life. And with Facebook, I was able to contact him and ask him if he's okay. It was the first day of school for many families. That's a praise and a prayer. Uh, The groundbreaking of a new school building that our children are a part of. A friend um, that I had that, uh, that I met at Vineyard, she's been having some real dark moments. She's, just, she's a new mother. She's been having some real dark moments, and she feels stuck. Anybody here this morning just feels stuck? A young man's picture was on the front page of the Landmark newspaper, but it wasn't for a great reason. He's in jail. This is a young man that when he was in fifth grade, I was his youth friend, and he used to lay his head on my lap during lunch. He wouldn't even eat, and I would just rub his back. And he's just had some real struggles in his life. A grandma called me about her grandson that's been struggling with drugs. He says he wants to get clean. He's, he's done. He's ready to get clean. Parents have dropped their kids off at of college this week. I have friends who can't have babies that are desperate for babies. And I have friends who have babies having babies. And Last night I spent time in the ER with Brian Stoner who's, who couldn't feel his left leg. It just, the feeling was gone. All kinds of opportunities, all kinds of requests, all kinds of needs for prayer. And there's power when we pray. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to show this, we're going to show this video that's about prayer and, and reconciliation, just re, re, revival. And it's calling out, on the, calling out on the Lord, to the Lord on behalf of those around us. And so here's what I want to do then. After we're done with the video, I just want to encourage you for... 10 to 15 minutes, okay, let's say after the video is over, go out, and I just want to spread out through all, every hallway that you can get into without, don't break into anything, don't, don't get into something you shouldn't be into, but I just want to spread out through this building and I want you to pray as you're walking through the hallways. I want you to pray that God's presence would be known in this school, that when students walk into this building, that they sense that something's different here than any other place they've been. And I want you to cry out on behalf, whatever, you, whatever God brings to your heart, whatever brings to your mind, I want you to pray. Okay, and if you say, I'm not really comfortable with that, I don't really know, then I want you to come 
up to the first couple of rows and I'll just stay in here and we'll just talk about prayer and, we'll, and I'll pray for you or we'll, we'll just pray for one another or whatever it is, okay? Then when we're, when we're done, let's say about 15 minutes, come back in, we'll have a short little, little piece at the end and we'll worship and then we'll leave, okay? Does that make sense? Because here's the deal, we can talk about it, we can feel it, but we need to go and do it in order for it to be real, okay? And matter of fact, um, one last thing before the video, I have a prayer calendar up here for every day of the week. And my goal is, is to have somebody write their name and their uh, cell phone number and their email address on every day. Like I'll have, there's 31 spots, so 31 different people or families, whatever, pick a day throughout the week. Like I'll do the first day of the month, second day, third day, does that make sense? And I want you to come up and write your name if you're willing to pray be on the calendar to pray, because I want to know that there's somebody praying every day for me and for our church and for what's going on here at the Calling Community Church, all right? So those are different things that we can do, go and do while we're here this morning, okay? So, roll the video. Revival. Now, Webster's Dictionary will tell you it means restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, strength. Awakening, the act of waking from sleep, or a recognition, realization, or coming into awareness of something. Revival, awakening. Northampton, Massachusetts, 1730s, Jonathan Edwards begins to preach, followed by George Whitfield. Whitfield spoke to thousands in the open air about the concept of spiritual rebirth, while Edwards warned of sinners in the hands of an angry God. Revival swept the colonies. Countless lives began to change. Churches began to change. And history remembers this as the first great awakening. September 23rd, 1857, at lunchtime in New York City, a layman named Jeremy Lanfear kneels to pray. America was in spiritual, political, and economic decline. There was financial panic and rumors of a civil war, and so Lanfear invited thousands to a rented hall on Fulton Street to pray. Six people showed up. Just six people. But those six people began to pray. Three weeks later, 40 people were praying. Within six months, 10,000 people were gathered daily for prayer. Over the next two years, over one million Americans out of a total population of 30 million put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This became known as the Great Prayer Revival. In the early 1970s, the cover of Life magazine featured over 80,000 young people gathering for Jesus at an event in Dallas called Explo 72. A year before, the cover of Time magazine read The Jesus Revolution because something undeniable was happening. Something unexplainable was happening. Something was sweeping young people all over America. It became known as the Jesus Movement and accounted for more baptisms in a single year than any other year in the history of the Southern Baptists. 400,000 people were baptized in one year. The First Great Awakening the Great Prayer Revival, the Jesus Movement. What's the link? What is the common denominator? What is the first step? How do things like this happen? It's prayer. The first step is always prayer. History is clear. The record is undeniable. The blueprint is right in front of us. Every great move of God begins when His people pray. Not ordinary prayer extraordinary prayer, unified prayer, desperate prayer. And so it's time. It's time to pray. It's time to pray 
in repentance. It's time to pray for reconciliation. It's time to pray for personal renewal in our own lives. It's time to beg God for spiritual awakening in our time and in our generation right now. God can do more in a moment than we can ever do in a lifetime when his people pray. It's time to pray. There's enough power here to go out and change the world. And we pray that this will be the beginning of a spiritual awakening that will sweep the world. For we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our blessed Lord. Specific things to be praying about that day. And so we'll kind of develop a prayer team out of, out of this. And so there's plenty of spots left. Just make sure you do that before you... Um, before you leave. Yeah. That's uh, Darcy here is a bus driver. And so think about it, she has kids, you know, bus full of kids every single day. And uh, so I think about the people who are at school waiting for the kids to get there. We prayed for them last week. By the way, is there anybody in here who homeschool their kids? Any homeschool? If you know of any families that homeschool, uh, point that out to me because I was thinking about that last week. It's like they're teachers too, and we need to make sure we acknowledge, um, acknowledge them as well. So as, as people are coming back in, let's just finish up our time together. The shortest prayer in the Bible is just one word. And who can guess what that word is? Jesus. It's just the name of Jesus. If you don't know anything else to pray, if you're just stuck and you're like, I don't know what else to say, I, I can't come up with any words. I was, we were talking um, with some of the people that stayed in the auditorium that sometimes when I pray, this happens to me too, like my mind starts to wander. I think the ADHD thing kicks in. And I start thinking about all kinds of other things. And then it's just the name of Jesus kind of recenters us and kind of refocuses. So if you don't know what else to pray, just pray the name of Jesus because we know that there's power in the name of Jesus. And there's healing in the name of Jesus. And salvation is found in no other name but the name of Jesus. I read something interesting that the, there's only one name that can kick the devil out of a human soul, and that is the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, in order to receive salvation, we have to pray. Because God reveals himself to us through his spirit, and then it says when you confess the name of Jesus, you call on the name of Jesus, call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So prayer is a is a, it leads us to salvation. And it's through and it's found in the name of Jesus. And I love this thought as we finish up our time together. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you? The Bible says he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. Isn't that a cool thought? Isn't it cool that you can talk to Jesus about your people right next to you or people that you're in your life that, you're, that are hurting and you know they're hurting and you just like, I don't know what else to do for them. 
But hey, Jesus, would you, would you talk to the Father on behalf of them, like for them? Like, would you just, would you talk to, like I think about my daughter off away in college and, and my kid, all my kids, my wife and I, we pray for our children. Like, wherever they're at, Lord, would you, just, would you just minister to them and just bless them? So Jesus is praying for you to the Father on your behalf. It's a powerful thought. So we, we can, right where we're at, we can call on the name of the Lord for anything and for everyone that, that God puts on our mind. And so I encourage you guys to pray. And before you leave today, I encourage you to, to uh, come and fill out the, the prayer calendar. But more than that, if you're here this morning and you say, I, I, still, I still really need someone to pray for me specifically, then, then this is what this time is for. And we've got a lot of space up here. And if you come forward, I promise you somebody else We'll come and pray with you. Or if you just want to pray by yourself, that's fine. If you need prayer, just ask for it. And we'd be glad to pray for you, okay? I know it's uncomfortable. I get it. Some people are so afraid to come forward. I get it. But I tell you, when I finally conquered that fear, that's when God really began to, to reveal himself to me and, and to speak to me in pretty powerful ways. Because it's almost like saying you're making yourself available. You're like, okay, here I am. I'm willing to... I'm willing to listen. Because prayer is a two-way conversation. It's not just you talking, but it's God speaking and, and you listening. So let us worship together. Well, amen. Thank you so much uh, for being here today. Thank you for participating and doing something that's kind of outside your comfort zone. And that's, that's good. That's how we grow. We need to continue to, to do so. Um, we're going to just finish up. I'll pray. And then we have offering uh, baskets available as you're leaving today. Which, by the way, did you know that giving is a way to worship, so it's a way, in some ways, to confess that sometimes we put our priorities in places we shouldn't put them, and we just want to give those back to God. It's a way to be thankful, and it's a different way to meet needs and requests of all kinds, and so we encourage you to give that way, and so uh, finish up uh, signing up if you can, and uh, we'll see you next week. So God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you that, Jesus, you're listening to our prayers. You take, uh, the Bible says in in ways the Spirit that just takes our groanings that are too deep for words, and he, you communicate them to the Father, and we praise you for that when we don't know what to pray. God, I do pray that you bless the offering that is going to be given today, and we'll use it for, uh, in this community to let other people know that you are real, that you love them, answer prayers through giving, God, and we just praise you for that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you. Come on up, sign up, and we'll see you guys next week.